When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You are listening to the Load Management Podcast. Why, I don't know. What's going on, everybody? Brand new episode of the Load Management Podcast. This is your man, Chops, here in New York City. We got my man, Adam, out in LA. Very fun episode today. Andre Drummond from the Cleveland Cavaliers joins us to talk about a variety of things, including his music. He has an album coming out, Life Away from the NBA, because it's suspended season right now. What it's like to get traded in the NBA, the beeline situation, 2K, all that. Very fun conversation, Adam. Yeah, my fellow UConn Husky gave us a few gems as he waits out this nonsense and quarantine like the rest of us. But yeah, touched on a bunch of topics, but clearly Andre is hyped and psyched to talk about his music, as you guys will see. Yeah, and he saw, he sung Zion like throughout the interview, so that's always fun. And then we play some One Gotta Go with him uh, with some music in uh, NBA. Um, and an answer that may get some people in their feelings with the One Gotta Go, but at least he was Everybody gets it. in their feelings with the One Gotta Go. That's like a, a standard practice. So yeah, uh, fun episode. After Andre, we got Joe LaPuma, sneaker shopping host, host of Complex Sneaker Podcast, joins us to recap the latest episodes of The Last Dance, episodes five and six, to talk MJ Sneaker Impact, his brand, Nike, gambling stuff, all that. So really fun episode. Let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? Brand new episode of Load Management Podcast, Quarantine Edition Volume, uh, I don't know, five or six at this point. Uh, it's your man Chops here in New York City. We have a very special guest joining us today, Andre Drummond of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Andre, what's going on? What's going on, man? How you guys doing? Good, good. Chilling. Doing, doing, uh, doing you know, the same stuff every day because that's all we're allowed to do right now. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Trying to stay out the way and make sure my family's good. That's good to hear. We love to hear it. Uh, Andre, before we jump into it, so my man Zion right here runs the Complex (laughs) Instagram account, the Complex (laughs) Sports Instagram account. He posted uh, a slideshow of NBA players who rap the other day, and he did not include you. So we just want to let you air out Zion for not including including, uh, you in the slideshow. So I'm not even sure why y'all got you guys have him in that category. You pick somebody else. <laughs> Man, you, no, I you no longer you no longer make decisions when it comes to music. <laughs> basketball players. <laughs> so Man, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really re, I didn't really read much into it. It's all good. Man. I didn't read much into it. So. Yeah. It's all good. I know that. I know. I know. I'm talented. So I don't need somebody else to say so. Yeah, I was I wasn't even critiquing your your talent. I literally just put like six six guys there, uh, six guys with videos of people rapping. Oh, yeah. It happened, you know. But I got you next time. If you know, give us a freestyle. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't want to share any case. I don't want to share any case. Oh, it. oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Zion, Zion, you lost the opportunity. Andre, while we're talking about it, you have a new album coming out here. Tell us about that. Yeah, man. So FY2, it's actually a double double sided album. I'm doing one with just me on there, and I'm doing one with my friends. So it's a uh, it's pretty pretty cool concept. The ones of my friends are just a bunch of fun songs that I want to put out. And my personal album is more just everything that's went on this past year from trade relationships, it's all kind of things going on in there. So I think it's gonna be a pretty good album. People to listen to. When did you start making music? I started making music about six years ago, but I didn't really start putting it out till current day. Maybe 2018 is the first time I put out like an album. Other than that, I've been making music for a really long time. I just put more and more time and energy into it and got better and better at it. Were you nervous about putting out music? You know, you know, music sometimes you're uh, I mean, self-conscious. I, I get criticized every day by a thousand people for playing basketball. So I don't think it's gonna get any different when it comes to music. It's people gonna like it, it's people gonna hate it. I still do it because I enjoy doing it, not to lose anybody else. What criticism is tougher for you to take, basketball criticism or music criticism? I mean, I wouldn't say music criticism is, is tougher than basketball. I mean, basketball is my paid job. I mean, obviously, I make money from the stuff I make my albums, but my actual job job playing basketball, I feel like just hearing that criticism 
it's a little tougher knowing like the time and energy and everything I put into injuries or everything I put into to get to where I'm at to be told, oh, I'm not good in somebody's eyes. It's never a fun feeling. But at the end of the day, it's still somebody, it's another man's opinion to use. Try looking too, too much. What about any mentors that you've had in the music industry? Anyone that, you know, we would recognize and, and that should have been really instrumental in you getting your music out there? Yeah, I talked to, I talked to a, a couple of different people. Uh, Tank is one of them. He's one of my really good friends as well. Uh, mostly everything I do with him, Sada Baby, Snapdog, you know, a lot of all the rappers from Detroit. I mean, you can go on the list, I probably know them. So just when it comes to music stuff, I always ask them for different, like, metaphors of how would you say this any better or... You know, does this beat sound right? These guys that are more seasoned, there's not really one particular person that I go to. I'm like, I go to everybody. I mean, yeah, you tweeted out that you tweeted out like a month ago about producers hit me up. So did you get bombarded with beats and, and different people? Looking yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was nuts, man. It was nuts getting all those beats. I, mean, I got all, all kind of things, man. So I went from uh, Rico Beats and uh, Pop Smokes DJ. You know, first piece of Pop Smokes. I got a couple of songs okay. him that I'm doing. I know, oh, Rico. I, I know Rico. Rico's a great guy. I I, I worked at Def Jam a little bit, so I worked close with yeah. Rico. Rico. Rico's the man. Good people. Then uh, Kiddo, the Beatles producer, I just got some beats from him as well, too. So I'm looking forward to making some actual beat music, too. How many how many NBA players are going to come out of quarantine as rappers? Because like people are popping up that I didn't even know rap. Not you. I knew you rapped, but like there's other guys. I'm like, I had no idea that they were making Yeah, I, I, I didn't know how these guys did either. Just like see people's stories and stuff. Like, man, when did this dude start making music? And then he's saying he's been doing it for years. Like, why have we never heard it? <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, guys have a lot of time in their hands. So they really are finding hobbies that they probably didn't know they had before that they were good at. That's good. It's always good to pick up a hobby. Are you doing anything else other than music while kind of we're all yeah, in the I'm, house I'm, and everything? I'm, take, I'm, I'm taking acting classes too online, so that's been that's been fun. Okay. What do you want to? What do you want to? You thinking TV, movies? What? what, what yeah. Are you for, me, to? For, for me, definitely TV. Uh, definitely TV would be one of my biggest thing. I'm looking forward to getting into because it's reoccurring. I like movies as a one-time thing, and then you know it's kind of hard to get the next thing. I think for me personally, I would love to do. TV. Any any particular show that's out right now where you've seen it and you're like, oh yeah, I could be on that. I could have a good role on there. I watch so many things. I don't really have one pinpoint thing. I started watching Ozark uh, the other day, and I love it. Incredible, incredible show, and it only gets better in the beginning. Ozark is very good. I I, I will go with you and recommend Ozark. Did you watch Tiger King? Speaking of Netflix, I did. Though. I did. I did. I did watch that. I did watch that. I was uh, very thrown off by a lot of it. <laughs> there was a lot of left turns in Tiger King. Yeah, there, see there, there, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of crazy things that just happens throughout that show, and it's just really unexpected. The producer did a really good job of you know picking that picking that story because it was pretty pretty interesting. Did Did Carol Baskin feed her husband to tigers? That's the big question. Hey man, nobody. I don't think anybody's gonna find that out, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was such a crazy show because, like, you see it on the Netflix thing, and I was like, "What is this about?" And then I was like, "Holy shit, this is nuts!" Uh, that's good to know. So, obviously, you're doing your music. So we ha we we have this social series that Zion usually does called "One Gotta Go." You want to play a little game with us, Andre? Yeah, I'm sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Zion, you want to read the first one? All right, the first one. It's a popular one. NBA rookies kind of got killed for it when we asked them. Drake, Kendrick, J. Cole, one gotta go. God damn, say that again. Drake, <laughs> Kendrick, Drake. J. Cole, one gotta go. Jesus. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, I feel like anything I say is gonna be a wrong answer. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the point. I I'll tell you the uh, common answer uh, after you answer. Yeah, after you answer, there's a there's a common answer that everybody says. All right, see, I'll say Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. That's what everybody says. NBA rookie said that, NFL Pro Bowlers said that too, and they all got killed for it. But Yeah, I don't I didn't really want to say Kendrick, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Have you done a somebody. have you done a Tussie slide video in your crib? Nah. <laughs> Are you on TikTok yet? Yeah, yo, it's crazy. So my best friend Mike, Mike Bernazian, got me started doing it again. I had some videos uh, on my page that actually weren't like TikTok. He made fun of me for putting them up there. I was like putting my post game interviews on there, and it's not using the app the right way. So <laughs> you were so, putting interviews on TikTok. 
Yeah, it was, I was bored, but I was like, man, how do I, how do I continue to like spread the spread the word? I was doing, I do post game interviews. That's my game. I do it personally instead of the media. Like I'll come on and I'll say, hey, you know, we lost or won, and like these are highlights of the game, and looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Ask me questions, and I'll answer next week. So I was doing that on TikTok. <laughs> hey man, you gotta get you gotta get the dance, the little in the crowd with the crowd, you know. Right. You see yeah, I, I, I seen that one too. I'll, I'll probably do something like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, my best friend Mike is the one that got me started on TikTok. I actually made a video today with him. It's up there right now. Okay, okay. Right, go follow Andre on TikTok. So yeah. next, next one got to go though. This one's a little tougher. All right. Oh, I gotta keep. I gotta keep going. Oh, oh, we have more. Yeah, we oh, have more than one. one oh, bro. We got two more. We got two more. It's fine. You'll be fine. Right. You'll be fine. The next one, Shaq. Kareem or Hakeem? One got to go. Damn, I like the big five. I don't want to get rid of Shaq, though. <laughs> I won't get, uh, damn, bro, this is tough. This is tough. I don't know. <laughs> when, when all, when all else fails, just don't pick the guy that's on TV the most right now, I would say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just want to say I don't want to pick the big five. I'm going, I'll go with Hakeem, Hakeem then. Okay. okay. That's fine. I'm right. not paying Shaq either, so I figured. Yo, Shaq, you owe me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just everybody. Uh, last one, Zion. You want to, or Adam? You want to read the last one? <laughs> this is not my. This is not my area of expertise. So you guys read it. Uh, okay, right. uh, <laughs> Zion, baby, you read it. <laughs> little baby, the baby, or Roddy Rich. One of them got to go. Yeah. yeah, little baby. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I might keep. What, what's 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 been the uh. That that one's that, that, that one's all very, over the place. That, yeah, that one's all one's over very, the place because it's like with new guys, with new rappers, yeah, it's like they're everybody gonna, they're trying to likes little baby and the baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it, and it's I know like a lot of people it, hate the baby. A lot of people I like, don't I like, like the, the baby. baby. I like him. Yeah, he has a, he's his own sound. Like it's unique. I like it. Yeah. And the thing about the baby that I like is, it's all like the videos. Everything is personality. It's all like very <laughs> like uniform. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, so uh, Andre, let's get into some NBA talk. That cool? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right. So obviously the NBA is on hiatus right now. Have you put any thought to when the season might come back and like the rumors of maybe you guys all going to Vegas and like quarantining and like playing it out there or anything like that? I have no idea when it comes to that. Uh, I'm waiting like the rest of us, so I haven't heard anything in terms of terms of what's going to happen next or anything about the biggest thing. I just seen it. Whatever's on the news is I mean, on Instagram and whatever is on TV is what I see. Other than that, I don't really know much. But do you have a gut feeling? I mean, do you really think that it kind of seems far-fetched that the regular season could come back? So it's, you know, every scenario they talk about jumping to the playoffs, but your gut feeling, like, do you think that you're going to be playing basketball again in the 2019-2020 season? Man, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, I would like to finish, you know, just to get that over with, uh, so there's no complications for the next season coming up. I think, for me, I've been trying to stay in shape. You know, I have a bike outside of my balcony, so I ride that every day, just keep myself going. And you know, I lift, lift to one of my friends on uh, on Facetime, and I do some things on my team as well too. BSN. Uh, other than that, we're just all trying to stay as prepared and ready as we can for for the next step. You have a hoop to shoot on. No, I don't actually. That's the craziest part. I don't. I don't have a hoop at all. It's a lot of NBA guys that don't have hoops to shoot on right now, which is like nuts. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, like if like if you don't have one in your house, if you don't have one in your house, like you can just go down the street to you know your local, you know LA Fitness and get some shots up. You can't really go anywhere, so I think it's gonna be tough coming back and trying to shoot a basketball after not shooting one for a month. Or for that's for the guys that don't have hoops. I mean, I know a lot of guys have teams in their homes. Yeah, the, the the thing that the horse competition showed me was that Mike Conley has an incredible home and a, <laughs> and a full has gym in his in his crib. Like if anybody ever underrates Mike Conley again, they can just watch that uh, horse competition. Watch that horse game. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, say what you gotta say. He is living very well. Yeah, right. Um, Andre, you're in a unique – well, not a unique position, but you have a player option coming up this summer, and we have no idea when free agency is going to start. So does that even put more – just like a little bit more of a cloud around you? Because, you know, like they're talking about the cap might go down. Like does that like change your decision at all? Man, you know, I haven't really heard much of anything when it comes to that. But when that time does come, 
you know, my team and I will discuss what's the best option for me and my family whenever that comes. But as of today, I can't really give you an answer on how I feel about it. Uh, Andre, I just want to let you know that I am from Cleveland, so I'm just going to put that out there. Big Cavs fan here. No, nah, you don't count. <laughs> you, still, you still on probation, man. Yes, yes. I am a Nets fan, so he doesn't count anyway. Um, I'm, I'm a Nets fan, though, so I'm good. I'm, I'm New York. What's good about the, being a Nets fan? Um, bro, we have Kyrie and KD. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. All right. Just checking. Um, have you, Andre, are you keeping in, in contact with like teammates and the team a lot? Like what, what's that? Yeah, I, I, you know, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, my teammate does zoom, uh, zoom workouts. Mm-hmm. So we'll do like, like little body weight workouts together on zoom and then I'll catch up with everybody. Okay. That's good. So you guys aren't like totally isolated from each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We still try to do a good job of staying, like staying in communication with each other. So what are the group texts been like? Say it again. What have the group texts been like? What memes have been getting distributed? Uh, just a bunch of random things. There's so many people in the group chat. I try to just read what makes sense. Have you been watching Tory Lane's IG stories? Quarantine. Yeah, I, I think I've become more of a fan of his. I think he's used his time to really show his personality. I think he's, he's hilarious. He's funny. He's so like, see, so yeah, some guys are definitely taking full advantage of this to, and like using it to their benefit. Like, the Swizz and, and Timberland thing should be a network television show when this is over, I think. Like the beat battles. Absolutely. Yeah, that, their stuff is crazy. Have you wa- have you been watching those? I've seen one of them. You know, it was, I think it was like when they first started doing it. Gotcha. But yeah, they, they, they got some stuff. On that same, on that same note, you, you know, you, you talk about you as a rapper. If you had to battle another NBA player on an IG Live, would you do it? Rap battle. You know, for me, I'm not a, I'm not like a, like my, the stuff I make is more like commercial music. I don't really freestyle. I like write, write everything down. You know what I'm saying? So would, would you I, go song I, for, I, would you go song for song, song though? Absolutely. Any day. Oh, okay. okay. With well, anybody though. Like, like say Dame was like, let's go song for song. He doesn't count because he has <laughs> on his thing. So Marvin Bagley. Marvin is a really good friend of mine as well, too, and so is Damon. And Marvin has some, some dope music locked away. He sent me to and I probably wouldn't go. I wouldn't, well, his stuff is he uses beats that are already out. Like, he uses other people's beats. That's why it sounds really good. His sound is really good, yeah. too. So he would have to, like, make his song some scratch, and then I'll go, I'll go somewhere, uh, song for song with him. All right. So if Bagley didn't use the beats that were already out there, we'd go song for song. We might need to set this up, Andre. I'm down. I would, I would love to do that. Complex IG? Yeah, Complex Sports IG. Like, no, I'm on, I'm on probation. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Zion, 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 yeah. Make, make, Adam, make Adam do it or Zach. Yeah. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, Adam's too old for that. Uh, Adam, you, you, you guys want to talk some UConn basketball? Adam's got Adam went to UConn. I thought you wanted to talk more Cavs basketball with him. I was going to have the, I was gonna let you have the platform there, pal. He's been uh, a Cavs I mean, uh, Andre, was it weird coming into the beeline thing and then him getting fu- like leaving as soon as you Man, got there? Was yeah, that, that was such a unique situation for me because I didn't really know what was going on when I got there. Yeah, and it kind of just happened really, really quick, and I didn't really get a chance to ask any questions. So, well, there was a report. I won't say who put out the report, but they were like, Andre doesn't want to be here. Beeline's here, and I'm like, how's that even possible? He's yeah. So I, I I seen that too, and I thought it was, I thought it was really funny because. Why would I have a say so on, on the head coach? I just got here. Like they're not even sure if I'm staying or anything like that yet. It's not saying that I'm not. I'm just saying like why would why would that come down to me? Yeah. And I didn't even meet the guy yet to even make that kind of decision. Like it came out like the next day. I was like I only met, I was only been with him for like a week. Did you? So you weren't on the team yet, but the slugs the whole slugs thing happened while in the Detroit. Cavs were in Detroit. So you were kind yeah, of. I heard. So it was what, what what was your first reaction when you heard the slugs thing? Man, so when I when I got there, you know, I was the first thing I asked. I'm like, you know, what really happened? Because like I've heard so many different stories, and you know, when it was explained to me, I was like, man, like, <laughs> I mean, there's not really many ways to dance around what he said. I mean, it is what it is. It's out there, and I mean, it, it sucks that I had to come out like that. I mean, maybe he didn't mean to say it, or you'll never know what was going on in his head during that time. But at the end of the day, it just didn't sit well with the team, and that's kind of what it went with. It seems like everybody's taken a JB a lot better. Not J- Bickerstaff. Not I guess they have the same initials. That's weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. J- JB Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff. Yeah. 
Oh, Andre, what about the uh, what about the trade that happened? Because you obviously had some very strong feelings, and you expressed them on social media yeah. when the trade went down. So, I mean, have you you know with the with the time that you've had since the trade happened, have the feelings changed? Have you kind of morphed how you look back at what happened? Um, I think with that situation, just with the trade, I just think it was it was so different for me because I've never been in that situation. Like I've heard everybody's heard the trade talks. Like whenever you sign a max contract, you become you know one of the guys that they might move things aren't going the right way and I've already heard the talks in the past three four years and just to have it finally happen I was more more of like man, I guess it's like a surreal moment like this is the business of the NBA right here so my first initial reaction was like man this sucks but then at the end of the day I mean there's not much I could do about it uh it just didn't it just didn't work out so I'm happy to be in Cleveland the team that wants me but I'm enjoying my time there did they say anything to you, like like in the days leading up? Did you have any idea that it, it could be that serious of a like? Um, I mean, yeah, they said they, they said they said they were definitely aggressively looking to to do something, and I was aware of that. But in terms of them like giving me a heads up, like I was like on the way, like I was down there at the airport when it happened. We were leaving Oklahoma that night, that day. Excuse me. So I mean, it is it is the way the business doesn't matter the time frame and when it happened, but you know, it happened. Nothing I can really do about it. Did, did you, you get tipped off on Twitter? Did, you, did your agent get to you, or did the Pistons? Oh uh, no! Like, I, how, like I, how'd you find I, out? I was like literally about to get out of my car and walk on the plane, and he, my agent called me. He was like, "Hey, uh, you know, we're going to Cleveland." And I start laughing again. Whatever. Like I'm grabbing my bags, like walking out the car. <laughs> He's like, "No, I'm serious. Like this is a real thing." I'm like, "I just spoke to you ten minutes ago. When did this happen?" He's like, "No, it just happened just now." So I'm like, "All right, well, what do I do? Cause I've never been traded before. I'm yeah. just standing there looking, looking stupid in the in the parking lot. Like, what do I do now?" He's like, "Get in your car and go home." So, <laughs> so I got my car, went home. I told my mom, and just went moved on from there. What's the worst part about getting traded? Uh, other, maybe not even basketball wise, just like life wise, because like you said, it's, you have to upend your life and leave a city you've been in eight years. Yeah, you know, I feel, I feel for guys that are moving multiple times, you know, for guys that have kids and have families that they got to just up and move. And sometimes I feel like move without them to, to that, without to uh, move without them to a new city because it's such a, an abrupt thing. Um, yeah, definitely moving was, was definitely different for me because I definitely underpacked. I've recycled a lot of clothes during my time in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't prepared for that, but it is, but it is the way the business. I know what it's like now and. You know, I'm happy. Happy more Matt. Like, place. That I can agree. That, I can. Cap. Yeah, That's I can stamp <laughs> that. that, that <laughs> Some of us will talk we, shit about Cleveland. We, others we will Cleveland is a great place. Others we will know, die for. We it. know you're lying. That's Cap. Cleveland's not a <laughs> no, great place. Great. But you know, you gotta see. Cle- it. We understand you gotta see it. <laughs> no, and I'm saying it too, Zion. Cleveland's a great place. <laughs> That's Cap. Buddy. That's a hand wave. <laughs> Andre, you're obviously the NBA has changed recently. How do you feel when people say that like the big man has been diminished a little bit and it's more guard play and three point shots? You know, I think for me, I found really good ways to keep myself relevant and around. I, I'm able to guard those guys, you know, one, you know, five, five through five through two, or five through one, even like I guard everybody. So me being able to guard those guys defensively doesn't really affect the game offensively. I'm still growing as a player. I'm going to shoot more threes, and then the more comfortable I get, obviously, I'll shoot him at a higher clip. I think for me just adjusting to the game as as it grows and comes different. Did you see Are this they, transition in your game coming though? Like when you entered the league, um, you yeah, know, kind of I mean, you didn't quite see the big guys shooting him the way they are now. But did you get a sense of this like years ago that this is what you're going to have to do as you progressed? Yeah, it was crazy because I remember this conversation my mom had. Uh, I think maybe when Porzingis was drafted, I was like, oh, I think the game's going to change. She's like, Why? I was like. These bigger guys are starting to shoot more threes. They're putting the ball on the ground. They're attacking from full court. And this is when Giannis started becoming himself, too. So I'm like, damn, the game is changing. I have to find a way to, to keep my job, damn. Like, what do I have to do? So I tried to become a better wing defender. And I started working on my three-point shot, working on my ball handling. As you see, throughout the years, I've started bringing the ball down the floor, starting the offense for my team. So I found, found different ways to keep myself, you know, keep myself on the court and adjust to the game. Well, I think the way you rebound and defend, you're going to have a job for a long time no matter what. But, yeah, diversifying your <laughs> offensive game is smart to make you more money. So good job on your part. Do, do do the coaches encourage you to shoot threes? Like, are they like, yes, we want you out here, like, doing that? Yeah. Yeah, so for me, for me, I've worked on it so much, and they definitely will love, love it that I shoot it when I'm open, if I'm open, 
take the shot. By all means, don't take any crazy shots, no step backs, nothing like that. But I'm wide open. They said shoot it. I mean, the more threes, the better. How many can you hit when you're just practicing? Because I, when I was like seven, I think I went to an NBA game, and I was like, wow, all these guys can shoot all these shots, but you don't necessarily see it in the game. So how many yeah. can when, when you're just practicing? Can you how many threes can you hit in a row? Oh, in a row, I, I can ring them off. I mean, that's for anybody. Like when you're by yourself in the gym, just shooting, like you, it's, it's like it's clockwork. You just ring them off. Like and then we get to the game, like shit. Well, how did I, how did I shoot this again? And make it go in every time. But as long as you're shooting, as long as you're shooting the same shot over and over again, I mean, it's a pressure to get somebody flying at you to come contest at you, and then an open shot with a big arena with people in the crowd. I mean, it's all, all aspects of the game that go into it's your mind. If you start hitting step back threes, bro, it's really over. <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to have to pack it up. <laughs> Which, you mentioned crowds. Which NBA crowd is the worst that you guys have to visit? Everybody says Utah. Is it Utah? Yeah, their fans are their fans are different for sure. Mm. You said different. different yeah, we, well, you said different. I think we know. Yeah, their fans are different. No disrespect to them. I just think they they have a different type of uh, energy and demographic. <laughs> I mean, Any, anywhere, is anywhere else like that? Uh, nah, I don't think so. Damn, just Utah. Hey, well, people say that Oklahoma City has like a college atmosphere with their crowd. Yeah, they're the way they cheer all game. They don't stop. Yeah. Toronto too. Toronto always gets the notoriety. Toronto, yeah, really rowdy place. Absolutely, yeah. you can't hear yourself think there. Really? Damn, Toronto. NBA champion Toronto Raptors. It's still weird to say. Yeah, defending champs for the next year, I guess. And maybe yeah. two, yeah, two years in a row. They may be at this point. <laughs> Andre, I wanted to ask you because uh, I've been watching a lot of IG lives, and you got like Quinn Cooks, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beals, all of them talking about um, repping their city and like building their city lineups. Like I know St. Louis was like Gabriel, Beal, and Tatum. DC, obviously, you got all them DMV boys. You're from New York. What's the New York lineup looking like? I was born in New York, but lived in Connecticut. I lived in Connecticut my whole but life. You, but you got to rep New York. You're not going to rep New York? I, I, I wasn't there long enough. I've been in Connecticut longer. Man. See, there we go. See, yeah, he just dogged wow. you, Dion. That's crazy. Twice, twice was, in a month. I was, putting a month. Him, I was putting him on the New York lineup. That's crazy. All right, nah, cause I, would, I, would, I wouldn't even be right if in New York. Man. There's too many guys in New York. I wouldn't even make it out to New York. So let's talk about how hyped it, how hyped we should be that UConn is heading back to the Big East. Oh my I don't know what that, that breakup was, but I hated it. Oh, the ACC I stopped watching them because of that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, who the hell wants to watch a UConn-Tulsa game? Yeah, I don't want to see that. UConn and Crane. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's St. John's problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be phenomenal. Andre, do you, do you still – I mean, you said you stopped watching there. Do you still watch college hoops at all? Like, do you still – No, you know, I, I, I stopped watching it. I couldn't watch it. I can't watch it. Is it just the like, game? If you can't if you, if you, if you, if you play, I'll watch it. Other than that, I won't just turn on the college game. The game is so different. Yeah. Do you do you sometimes wonder if I don't know? It's like because I I don't love college basketball like that. Adam's really into it, but I just don't like it because it's just the offenses just aren't developed like the NBA. So I, I have a hard time watching it. Yeah, I think for me it's the same thing. I just think it's super super slow. The games take forever. Uh, yeah, no. it's, not a, it's not a high caliber game. I mean, the guys aren't yeah. as skilled as you guys in the NBA. So, I mean, like Zion, who's also who's a big Duke fan, and we we bust his balls about that. I mean, oh, you yeah. have to know what you're getting into. I don't I don't watch a shit ton of college basketball. I watch most of UConn games and maybe some of the higher level stuff. But like, yeah, I get the complaint from you know pro fans about the college game because yeah, it's definitely an inferior product. Absolutely, Andre. Before we get you out of here, we got to talk about this 2K tournament. What happened? Oh man. Oh, oh yeah, 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 definitely, what definitely. Ha- what happened? Uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was up by, I was up by twelve uh, after halftime. You know, I just had a really bad stretch in the third quarter, and once he brought it within three at the end of the third, it was just tough to come back. He had a good rhythm. How much did you want to pull up on Pat Beverly with the amount of shit he was talking during? <laughs> no, I mean he wasn't. He didn't sound crazy to me. I don't. We don't cross each other's paths even like have that kind of discussion. Pat's always been good to me. He's my mom, my, yeah. my, my friend. So okay, but, okay. 
No, he, he talk, he, that's just how he is, man. He, he's always on 10. I told him that, too. He's always on 10. He, his energy is different. Is he a better trash talker gaming or playing basketball? Nah, he's definitely good at both. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best trash talker in the NBA right now? Because uh, uh, Pat Bev's definitely up there. He's definitely number one at the moment. Really? Yeah. Damn. He'll get under your skin. He'll say why he's defending you, too. Like, he just keeps talking to you. <laughs> it's almost, yeah. almost, like, almost like Gary Payton. That's high praise right there. But that is high praise. Another guy who was a pretty good shit talker, um, Michael Jordan, and he used to be a Jordan brand guy. So with the Last Dance documentary coming out, and it's going to give us entertainment for a while. Yeah, I know we all are because obviously nothing it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, I mean, the hype level is astronomical. But we wanted to ask you if you have a great Michael Jordan story from you know running into him and talking to him, you know, when you were on the brand. Uh, I don't really have any funny Jordan story. I think this. Being around him, you just have to be there just to like know Mike. Like that's really the only like really the only thing I can tell you. Like he's just himself, and it's just hard not to just. He's just, he's great. He's a great guy to be around. Super super generous guy, and always had a good time being with him. He was good to my family too. How starstruck were you when you first met him? Me, it wasn't me. It was my mom. My mom almost fainted. <laughs> really? So, like, growing up, growing up, that's, like, all I knew as a kid is Michael Jordan. Like, my mom, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. And when I signed with him, it was, like, the greatest day ever for him, for her. Excuse me. And I brought her to an All-Star Weekend in Toronto, and it was the first time meeting him, and she just was in awe. Like, like couldn't believe it. Like, oh, like wow, like, this Michael Jordan right here. Like, I've loved him since – yay big like since a kid on forest to today and it was it was cool it was a cool experience to see how happy she was to meet him that's amazing i saw a clip of michael jordan on twitter the other day uh smacking malik monk in the back of the head <laughs> I, saw, I saw that too actually <laughs> and, it, and and somehow i had never seen it before and i was just like this dude is the most competitive man alive even 20 years after he stopped playing basketball, he's still the most competitive dude ever. That's the uncle in him right there. That's a, that's a right. uncle slap right there. Andre, tell us, when's the album's dropping, double album, when's it dropping, and where can people get it at? The beginning of May. I don't have a date. I'll put it on my page, and you can get it on every streaming platform possible. There it is. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, nah, I appreciate talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. I will say though, if you ever need help in 2K, let me know. I got you, bro. Because you know you got it on the court, but I I saw how you were playing, bro. You know I could I could give you, you know the, the Andre. You know, I'll, I'll, I don't I don't play I don't I don't play the game that much to so want to get advice on it. Okay, okay. aren't you already on probation, that's, pal? That's fair. Thank you, man. We appreciate it so much. Uh, no worries, you, man. Thank you, Andre. Take it easy, man. Thank you. Thanks. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Huge shout out to Andre Drummond for joining us. Make sure you check out Andre's new album, his music. Can't wait to see him back on the court because you guys know I love my calves. But without further ado, let's get into our next guest, Adam. We have Joe LaPuma from Sneaker Shopping, Complex Sneakers Podcast, all that, to talk some Last Dance. What up, Joe? Thanks for having me. How you guys doing? Yeah, we're alive. Yeah, yeah. chilling, chilling. Uh, we figured it was a good one to have you on to recap because episode five was all about sneakers basically mm -hmm. sneakers and the gear and jordan becoming an icon did you have one did you have any like big takeaways from five in particular after watching last night 
the biggest takeaway that I had is that the people who knew knew and they knew that he was going to be huge. And that's why kind of the agent pushed back when they were trying to cement him into a different deal and didn't want to do like an individual deal. I think they said what they were, they were kind of doing the, the model of a golfer or something like that, like individual mm-hmm. and the brands were kind of scuffing at that. And they push back on that. They wait and the air Jordan is kind of conceived. And the biggest takeaway I have, which sounds so kind of like from a 45,000 feet view. And I tweeted about this besides the deal, how good the Chicago Jordan ones were and how good he made them look. And I tweeted that no matter who you are, like the way MJ made those look on court, like we don't even see that decades, decades later, signature shoes, how good those looked. And it's such an iconic shoe. And it came at a time where, you know, you, you, he was always kind of like the, the younger kind of done of Magic and Bird and they were Converse guys. And then Nike gets into the fray with Jordan and kind of the rest is history. But he always kind of, he walked to the beat of his own drum. And I think the Air Jordan line and the Air Jordan one is just another type of moment that solidifies that as him is in a league of his own. The uh, Larry Bird Converse commercial rap was pretty hilarious with yeah. Magic. And it's crazy how back then, at that time, everybody was wearing Converse. Dr. J, Bird, Magic. Like, it was it. And it was a good shoe. It was a good shoe. Those shoes, still classic. And, yeah, back then, you know, they had uh, kind of the the makeup of um, who was who was the, the Pistons guy in the in the ad? Well, I mean, the people in the ad, you have Mark Aguirre. I think Isaiah was, may have been in there. You have Kevin Isaiah, Larry Bird, yeah. and Magic. It right, was, right, it was right. the so, biggest, and Dr. J was in there too, right? I think it was like, or Dr. No, he was J, retired of that. He was retired. He was retired at the time, but he had worn the same shoe, they said. So yes. it was obviously, like you said, a big transition, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that they looked at basketball as such a non-individual thing. Like to compare it to a golfer in terms of, merch and and putting out products is just such a wild thing to think about in 2020 and obviously the adidas thing was such a big takeaway from well it. it's it, it's different now because the league is all about self-expression and mm-hmm. the league is all about the tunnel and how people and players express themselves night in night out through clothes and their gear and it's a form of self-expression and i think back then maybe brands weren't so no one's bigger than the brand, right? That was, mm-hmm. that's what we always hear. And, and um, you know, we still hear that sometimes, but to be honest, there are people who break through and who kind of can be bigger than the brand. And I think um, Jordan, Jordan is, is a prime example of that. You know, they, they set out when they signed to do 3 million in four years for the goal. You know what they did in the <laughs> first year? 126 million, 126 million. And it just, it, it, it was kind of a perfect storm of like the, you know, they banned, they banned them at first. And then mm-hmm. he was wearing the airships uh, at, at first. And then they kind of like, they, they loosen the rules and, and then there's some sort of like edginess to it. And, and him just being like an encore style icon from jump just made it such a iconic wearable art piece that, you know, it sounds corny. I've been saying it on, on the complex sneakers podcast. Like you, when you see those footage, that footage of him lacing up the Jordan ones, the Chicago ones, and then later um, his last game at Madison Square Garden, he brings them out again. It's like you want to bring them out of the closet. Like, we, like mm-hmm. it's a shoe that I've stared out, for, stared at for for decades, and it's like it reaffirms why I bought the shoe, why people love it, and why it's such an iconic piece of clothing. Joe, I think, you know, for sneakerheads, for Jordan stands, for like, you know, nerds of the NBA and the sneaker culture, there's a lot of details that you already know and nothing I think that was brought up in the documentary um, is going to be new and groundbreaking. But for obviously a larger, wider audience, yeah, some of the details in there people are going to be stunned by and, and, and you know, uh, it'll be news to them. But is there anything in the origin story of Jordan, his sneakers and how the one became so big or the airship or anything else that you think probably deserved a little bit more screen time? Obviously, you could do a 10 part docuseries on Jordan sneakers. You could spend a shit ton of time doing its own documentary. But is there one thing you think probably should have been told that wasn't told? The thing that wasn't 
touched on, which I think is pretty much fact at this point, even after the one and two, he was still not that happy with Nike. And he was still in meetings where he was broaching, you know, the deal I would have to, we'd have to look into the deal to see if he was Mm -hmm. actually like locked in. But I specifically remember the Jordan three, the black cement, which we all love. I know it's one of Chops' favorite sneakers. He wears it all the time. There was, there is still a story that he was in another meeting with Nike. He was kind of uh, annoyed and Tinker Hatfield was in the meeting. And I think it, 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 the story as, as it goes is like, Michael was was kind of over the meeting and then Tinker either showed him in the parking lot or in the meeting what the Jordan 3 Black Cement, his next signature model was going to be. And it again saved him from jumping ship. And that wasn't in the documentary at all. And yeah. um, there was that there was rumors and Tinker is actually on the record saying that the Jordan three once again, quote unquote, saved him from going somewhere. And that wasn't that. So, so it was based around the one last night but there was still some uneasiness around around the models and uh, again the jordan 3 then i think it clicks in michael's mind like okay this this is going to be really good for me and seeing a a shoe like the jordan 3 with the the cement print and the black leather uh, i think it it convinced him like nowhere i'm gonna go is going to uh is, is going to produce this sort of product. I mean, he also, as we've seen in the documentary, he was also very superstitious. And if something worked for him, it, you know, he was going to stick with it. And he had some iconic moments wearing the three, um, you know, the 88, it was it 87, 88 season, all-star, mm-hmm. everything like that. I mean, that's like, that's, that's like yep. part of Jordan lore right there. And also Tinker, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the three was the first shoe that Tinker designed and worked on with him, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they, they went on to, to do um, a lot of models together. They trusted each other and both of them iconic in their, in their uh, space. So one thing that I wondered, not knowing a whole, like, I, I know a good amount about Jordan, but you know, not like an expert, not a Matthew Welty on the subject. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> and he didn't really explain it. Why would Adidas have been his number one option at the time? That I'm not sure about. That that and, and I'm kind of disappointed he didn't. Maybe he's just such a company guy now that he didn't want to go into it. Well, what you guys got to understand also what what kind of I um, I recently like rethought of is that Nike wasn't the Nike what it is now. Mm, we all yeah. look at it. We all look at it, and it's like it's it's the biggest thing. You know, Tinker got his design job at Nike by winning a in-house design contest for 24 hours because Reebok was kicking their ass. Reebok was kicking their ass with like the workout low or, or like the classic free, like those classic low profile sneakers and Nike held an in-house design contest. And for 24 hours, it's like designers and, and people around the campus were just sketching things and Tinker emerged as a designer. And that's how he got, he, he was kind of hired as like, um, he, he, you know, he had architectural background and he won that, des- that in-house kind of design contest. And that's how he started designing sneakers. But the bigger takeaway, like I said, is that Nike wasn't the behemoth that it always was. So mm-hmm. anytime you, we, we think back to that, it's not as cut and dry as it was now. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny that he admitted that his uh, feet were bleeding after wearing the ones yeah. at the Knicks game, because mm-hmm. uh, if you've ever played basketball, you know that, I mean, ones are iconic and they look the best. Yeah. They are a tough shoe to hoop in. They, they are just, it's, it's a tough thing. So it's funny that he was bleeding. Well, the important detail there was that that was an actual original pair of ones. That wasn't yeah. like a retro thing that mm-hmm. Nike kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? outfit, especially for him. I mean, Soul Collector wrote about it in 2015. So if you guys want to yeah. kind of Google that, I would highly yeah. recommend you read that to get more details about it. But yeah. that was legit a pair that his wife pulled out of the closet for him. And he was hooping in legit 1985 once. So yeah, he his still, feet were going to be fucked still up. Went off. He still went off. The other thing I love about it is that the parents, the parents pushed him every meeting. Every meeting he was pissed off. They kind of put his they kind of put their foot down and it provided, you know, that tweet went viral, like uh, Dolores Jordan, uh, the real hero of getting <laughs> MJ to the, to the table, to the deal. Mm-hmm. It did seem that a- as much of a rebel MJ was that still the parents, what, what they said uh, went. And I, I love that little antidote that um, she was like, you're taking the meeting. And then the other thing that's crazy is like uh, I was texting with a friend who plays golf literally Four four times a week, and 
um, around a year or two ago, I got him the Chicago ones golf cleats and he, <laughs> he would go to country clubs and they would like be like, Dude, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, what are you wearing? And he'd be like, oh, these are like the Chicago, the Jordan 1s and golf spikes. And some people were like either – either people were like, these are the coolest things I've ever seen or some people in like his, his group would be like, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> and just to see how much they, they kind of went over to even the, the country club is, is crazy. And, again, we know the s- substantial staying power they have in sneakers, but to see them on the golf course uh, is, is just a funny – funny thing yeah i think we need like we could do whole documentaries on different subplots of mj you could do a one of the sneakers you could do one on him entirely playing golf and making his teammates go play golf with him mm-hmm. obviously last night got into a little bit of the the darker things of mj which i thought was people were waiting for well it started to i thought that i you know i lost track i i, I saw we, we saw episodes uh i'm up to episode nine but you know i i saw them a lot last week or two weeks ago and so this I one kinda, touches on the gambling seven gets into yeah, because dad. i kind of lost track i was yeah. like i wonder if we're getting real into it yeah. uh this one but it seems like next week is is where it kind of uh it, it, it hits um it hits peels back the layers into some of the controversy how'd you guys feel about the um nas lightsaber because i got it's it's one thing the, the nas lightsaber quote was um the one thing that i got like texts about I texted you about it last night. I thought last it was cool. Night. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I thought it. Was, yeah, I thought it was cool. But um, I, it's weird. It's weird. I got three different texts about uh, Nas comparing it to a lightsaber, like a uh, Jordan's to a lightsaber. So he benefited like, having Justin Timberlake go right after him in the in the dock. But what I also saw some people say that Timberlake lied in that in that little clip. So what what was he supposedly lying about? They said that he was a child star, so he had money. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was a Mickey Mouse. But come girl. That's on, right. yeah. Yeah, that's not like. That but maybe he stood in line when he was ten years old before he blew. Yeah, up. I mean, yeah. God, come on, come on, guys. I I think people went hard on Timberlake last night. A little, a little unfair. I thought the Nas line was cool. I I forgot that when the first trailer came out, Nas was in it, and everybody was like, "Why the hell is Nas in this Michael Jordan thing?" Yeah, but also let's remember Nas had you know one of the most iconic hip hop albums of all time that dropped when Jordan was at his prime. So I mean, there's some yeah. and and but also a lot of Jason, people have done Air, a lot ahead. of people have done stuff in the '90s that are popular that and didn't. Yeah, end but up Nas has had more staying power, and also Jason Hare, the director, as we wrote about, you know, is a massive hip hop aficionado. So I think if he could find a nice excuse to talk to Nas, he was going to find one, and hopefully yeah. we'll see more of Nas later on the dock, and not just you know. Uh, held to a two-minute clip. And also, Nas has an iconic uh, sneaker lyric. Um, and I'm a Nike head. I wear chains that excite the feds. That has been... I remember when I was like a complex intern, people were putting that on... People were putting like a Jordan with like chains around it in, in like the graphic <laughs> Tierra with that lyric. So uh, Nas, you know, Nas, Nas definitely has some, um, some sneaker clout. I was debating last night which my what what my favorite moment of the night was. I think I'm bleeding together the two episodes because it's tough when you watch them back to back during the night. It's tough to remember which is you know in which Seinfeld and every in Prince and everybody showing up at the game in Atlanta was amazing and Seinfeld walking yes. into the locker room and then um what was the other uh, then I thought the AC stuff was just so fascinating too. Yeah, my favorite. Oh, part- and the Dream Team stuff too. The Dream Team practices were amazing. Uh, besides the basketball stuff and the, the, you know, the shoe stuff, of course, um, my favorite part was him talking about Clyde Drexler, no disrespect, but me <laughs> being compared to him, I took offense to that. Like, yeah, just again, like how ruthless he is. It's just like, it's hilarious. Savage, he delivers such, it with such deadpanness about how like, yeah, that's what, that's what makes it hilarious. He delivers it. This wasn't an old interview of him saying that in his most cocky times. This was him now just 30 cool. years later, just still, savage. still petty and vindictive. Yeah. Yeah. Me being compared to him, I took offense to that. Then, I, I, and those are the moments like, you know, I'm a competitive person. You guys know that. And, and, that's just like an, and in the episodes coming up, there's, there's some good, good kind of like, well, they did this to me and uh, that's all it took. And then it's like the footage. It's like, he's and sometimes first, it didn't even happen. As you exactly. And see. sometimes, sometimes he motivated himself to, to, and made it up in his mind. But uh, you know, I just look, you look at that, this doc, whether it's the sneakers, whether it's the pregame fits, whether it's, 
of course, his on-court performance. And there's no one like him. There's no one. There, there's just no one like him. And then the thing, the other thing that stuck out to me is that when they're talking about how, and he's in the hotel room and he's like, I can't go outside and things like that. Mm. You know, the aerial photos of the people with like the mics all around him or him getting like so bum rushed by fans, like, we don't see that that often. I know that it could exist. I think people are more buttoned up, but like even the aerial shots of him in the middle of like a big crowd and, and he was like a beetle. I think maybe because social media doesn't exist, we didn't really know what everyone was doing at the time besides if they were on court. And now it's like you have Taco Tuesday and you have- Let me, let me ask you, you know, this though. Isn't Travis on that? If Travis goes somewhere, doesn't he get mobbed by people? Not to compare the two, but- has it changed to where the different different type of people are getting mobbed? See, I would think when I thought about that, I thought of Ronaldo, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I would that's, see Ronaldo, yeah. Like I mean, in, China, LeBron... in China, when we shot Ronaldo, that's what it was like, like that crowd. And yeah. um, it just, it, it makes you think back to an uh, earlier time where we didn't know what people were having for lunch. We didn't know everything was was less intrusive and less kind of transparent. Yeah. I'll say this. I mean, it, you know, security is obviously a million times different now than what it was during Jordan's time. So, like, when you see LeBron, when you see the superstars come in, you know, through the tunnel at Staples Center or wherever, um, they're not being hounded by all the people that you kind of see with Jordan, these different shots here and there. Like, there's just so much less access, and that's, I think, pretty much a, you know, kind of uh, security measure here and there. But also, I, yeah, the, clearly social media has changed the game where you have access and insights to these guys that you didn't. And to see Jordan, to get a glimpse of him, to have any piece of him, to have any sort of interaction, you had to be in the vicinity. You had to be somewhere. And it's crazy that people would pay. I have no idea what those tickets to the Georgia Dome game was back <laughs> in, you know, uh, in 98. But like Probably crazy. sitting in an NFL stadium, um, you know, like you would for almost like a Final Four, on the opposite side of the court, when you, those guys are basically like ants, but people, yeah. you know, going crazy to get those tickets and sold out like nothing. So, yeah, you had to be in the vicinity. You had to be in the proximity to Jordan. But – you like know, kind of goes back it was to like episode a Beatles one. Type, it was like yeah, a it's like type it's moment. you know yeah. he was bigger than the Pope. And, you know, uh, what was the security guards line in there? Not when the Snip Brothers, but some other security guards are like, you know, here's the Jesus and Pope moment where he comes out, yeah. you know, going to the said, bus, yeah. and yeah. you have people in all the tiers of the parking garage. Like, uh, again, as massive of an individual as LeBron is, or you know, maybe some other su uh, soccer superstars, maybe a Messi would have that, maybe Ronaldo, but like, uh, people are just to have too easy access and i don't think it's as big of a deal to be in the same you know zip code as someone else as it was back in the 90s definitely and what did yeah. we think obviously that a big thing people talked about last night was the end of episode five when when mj opened up about getting into politics or lack thereof how do we think that that was handled because it was something that a lot of people have been talking about um, obviously, the Republicans buy sneakers, too, has been a big thing. What did you guys see on Twitter and social media about it? It didn't seem like it stuck as much as I thought it would, because maybe he kind of like was like, hey, I said that in jest. And I didn't he basically kind of stood up to I didn't want to get involved in politics. And then when he said, you know, the line in question that everyone always recites that uh, Republicans buy sneakers, too, he kind of addressed it head on. Yeah. But I will say, I didn't see a lot of chatter about that one, that particular topic when it happened last night, as much as I thought maybe it would. I but, saw I saw some think pieces this morning. And then oh, I saw did you? I saw some think pieces this morning. And then last night I just saw people I think wanted him to just say maybe he should have done more. I think that's all everybody wanted. And mm -hmm. I think this uh, Time magazine did an interview with the senator, senator or the who was running Galt. Um, and talk Harvey to him Gant? and he, 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 Gant, Gant, yeah, my, yeah. and he, and he, he backed up MJ. He was like, for one, I don't think it would have mattered if MJ publicly backed <laughs> me at the time. That speaks very highly of North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so and Joe, you're right. I don't think it blew up as much as it did, but there's certain circles where I'm seeing it like people kind of, you know, talking about. I also it. think the Republicans buy sneakers two line has been so like mythical and talked about and discussed. And also Jordan, like, you know, even though he talked about it more definitively than he has maybe in a long time or maybe even ever, like he also has been shy about the fact he did actually say that. And, you know, he did yeah. have contention with it when it came out. 
And he hasn't completely shied away from the fact that it was uttered from his mouth, but just, you know, the fact that you have to give context to it. He's tried to provide context in the past, but this is, I think, the most definitive and certainly wide-ranging viewership that have had a chance to chime in on that. And I thought Obama's, you know, kind of defense, if you will, of Jordan, where it's like Jordan definitely didn't want to be an activist and he was trying to figure out his way and wasn't really comfortable. And if you're not comfortable moving in certain waters, like, is it really worth it? Does it, is it really going to make a difference if you're not putting your heart and your passion about it? I mean, was it, you know, was Jordan really going to get Harvey Gant elected if he had, you know, uh, taped a PSA that his mother really wanted to do? So it's like, I, you know, I can't, some people have it in them, some people don't. And well, Jordan was so competitive and vindictive again, so crazed with his, uh, you know, focus. It was all about basketball. So I can't get on him for being an activist, but it's also very funny with that line of the interview guy, like, you know, Everyone's going to remember Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Michael right. Jordan. You know, yeah. we can't say the same about Michael Come Jordan. And that guy's got an absolute yeah. clown word, 30 years yeah. later. Yeah. Old takes exposed. One thing I did notice that kicked off, I think, the public criticism of Jordan that really took form with the gambling stuff later. Like, like he was invincible, I think, to a point. And then it really started to, to, to break him as we well, saw. Well, yeah. He, I mean, you, you can pile on him at that point because the Jordan rules had been out, which they kind of kicked off episode did five. Anyone read that book? Did, did, you, and did you ever read that? Did you I, read it in, I read it in middle school. I've read I don't remember. I haven't read the entire I don't Is it a rare book? Thing. Is it a rare book? I saw a tweet that it's going for, or no. Maybe uh, I mean, I haven't searched for it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, it's, I don't, it was a bestseller, so I imagine it's yeah. out there. Like, for instance, we talked about the Dream Team real quick. I just ordered Jack McCallum's Dream Team book, which where they got the practice from, which is kind of where mm -hmm. their origin story is. And that was yeah. like a New York Times bestseller. So I'd imagine if you search the Jordan, which you can probably find it pretty easily. Um, I want to get the gambling one. The dude who wrote the, <laughs> the, the book. Yeah, the book about them gambling together. I just like, yeah. it's just such an interesting topic because I don't think that that would have been that would have flown today at all what do you mean like the the political stuff no 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 the gambling stuff oh yeah being so open about being that much of a gambler i don't think that that would have been something that would have been you mean okay. the stigma is different nowadays it's like gambling it's weird because gambling's more accepted today but like imagine lebron having a persona as a degenerate gambler like you know i just don't think that it would have flown like it did back they you know and it didn't even really fly back then you know they also would have dug and dug and dug and you would have yes. had you would have had hot takes and headlines is he would he ever would he ever gamble on his own games? Like mm -hmm. that's what they, that's the space. Yeah. I mean, those accusations in the first take, you know, debate show era. Would have <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Absurd, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like you would have, crazy. you would have like pundits saying, <clears throat> well, what, wh where does it end? Mm -hmm. Although also Jordan shouldn't have done the first interview post gambling accusations with the, with the sunglasses. Oh that was not, even God. though he did it with a mob of shot. I, I mean, it's kind of funny and the memes are going to be hilarious, but like that Bro. probably wasn't the best look. He, I know. He, he, but that brings me back to what Joe said earlier. And as we wrap this up, He's really just the coolest motherfucker ever, though. The the coolest. It's Wearing the shades to the interview, like, just the coolest. Like, every you're just reminded around every eight minutes of that documentary how cool he was. And, and although me, I will like, say the golf fits do start declining once we get to yeah. the nineties, they were much better in the eighties, and then we start getting to the baggy, absurd pants in the nineties. Yeah. So I think if Jordan had kept that same energy from the eighties, he would have been certified you know, goat fit status on the golf course, but it, it deteriorated, unfortunately, it's somewhere along the lines. And one thing I would say before I go, the way he's carrying himself in the interview, even though like he's wearing kind of like old dad t-shirt and camo, like bathing suit shorts, he's still very cool. Like the yes. way he's delivering, the way yes. he's delivering like the interviews and just like even well, his reaction, even his reactions to the iPad, like Man, MJ is cool as shit. Uh, for, Chuck, for someone, you, for someone out of the public eye, he's like still got it. He's still got yes. his fastball. Yeah. Well, I mean, all right, yeah, Chops, you haven't been around Jordan, right? Uh, I, as a kid, I was at a conference that he was at, and that was, I mean, that's yeah, a, but I mean, I, like you know, I went, I saw him play one time in person. But Joe, you've actually met him, yeah. So you've yeah. experienced the aura, the energy, and the charisma in in actuality, definitely. And I remember when I when I met him the first time and it this was like i was early in my career but i was also interviewing a lot of people at that point and i remember when i told one of my good friends who's like a little older than me and like really has like a holistic view of what we do he doesn't really get what we do but the stuff that breaks through he kind of makes it aware to me how big of a deal it was and he he was like dude you just met someone who like back in the day he was a beetle he was mm -hmm. he was like bigger than the yeah. beatles like you know, I know that you 
interviewed 50 Cent a bunch of times and like you loved his music in college and stuff like that, you meeting him and it was when it was a press trip in Chicago, you meeting him, like you met someone that is, you know, on like whole different world. And that's what MJ is. And I think that's hopefully for us, it's reaffirming that. And for people who aren't that aware or weren't around at the time, it's putting them up on just how big this guy was. 100%. Joe, we thank you for uh, joining us for a little episode five, six recap of The Last Dance. Make sure Thanks you check out uh, Complex YouTube, sneaker shopping content still dropping constantly, yes. right? And then yeah, vote for our man in the Webby Awards. Yes. Please oh, go vote you. for Joe on the Webbies. Thank and then you, guys. Every Friday, Complex Sneaker Podcast. Great podcast, great listen. So go check that out as well. Thanks so much, guys. Miss you. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Okay, see you, Thanks, Joe. Joe. Awesome to have Joe stop by. Uh, talk some last dance with us, some sneaker stuff. Um, he's obviously still doing big things. Um, I really do love the sneakers podcast, so go check that out. As we said, even with your arch enemy Matt Welty, I love Matt Welty. I love Matt Welty. He gets flamed on Twitter. We're still waiting all the time. on a wrestling match between the two of you when the office reopens. Yeah, we were supposed to wrestle three years ago. Welty tweets hot takes all the time. He gets in, gets Twitter <laughs> gets, gets tw- himself get, in trouble. Yeah, he gets Twitter going. Yeah, he's very he gets good at dunked that, so. on with his tweets sometimes. Uh, all right, so that's another episode of Load Manager Podcast. Uh, thank you to Andre. Thank you to Joe. Per sources, I, we might be getting into the big baller uh, territory. Sources, soon. yeah. Sources say big baller might be happening soon. So sources can confirm your reports. Yeah. So everybody, get ready for that. Uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Special thanks to our producer, Alejandro De Jesus, our associate producer and sound engineer, Jasmine Plata, production manager, Chancel Correa, talent booker, Shanice Kelman, director of talent relations, Kristen Price, Harrell, manager of operations in LA, our man, Josh Dodd, senior director of operations, Jen Stewart. Very special shout out to my man, Donnie Kwok, for running the whole damn thing around here. We'll see you next time.